0: This message is from Living Rock Church, and we trust you'll be really equipped, envisioned, and encouraged as you listen today. a really well. Thank you very much. It's always good to have another ambition. The fifth elder. Is that a good thing? (laughs) Praise God. God is good. Isn't he really good? And Jesus is Lord of all. And uh, it's wonderful to be with the best people in the world. I come from the best people in the world, to the best people in the world. Yes. We're just tracking down Tom and Liz who are visiting for the weekend from Cardiff. They they thought they could escape me, but yes. It's great to be with you and great to be in the presence of God. And uh, let's pray as we open up the word. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you so much that you are a, a good God. You're a great God. And there is, there is no one like you. Nothing, no one to compare with you. And thank you as we come now and open up your word. We thank you that it's alive. Because you're alive. And thank you that you will not only speak to us, but you'll move us on today. If we hear your word with faith and we mix it with faith, then we will move on. And I'm confident, knowing this company of your children, as I do, they will move on. So thank you in anticipation. Amen. Would you uh, turn your Bibles, please, to Joshua. We'll start in Joshua, chapter... One, please. Thank you. We'll move around uh, several scriptures this morning. But to set the scene, I've been asked to come and and speak to you today uh, about some of the things that you need to hold on to, where you're going. The great thing about that... Uh, instruction from david was that you are going somewhere that's good isn't it and uh, i want to speak to you about the provisions that you're going to need you always need provision this last week i've been in norway visiting one of the churches there with us and uh, i flew from cardiff via amsterdam into norway and if you fly with a certain airline into amsterdam and out you know one thing after a certain experience you need spare clothes because uh, they're a good airline, but they have a habit of losing my bags. I don't know what it is about my bags. Does anybody else lo- lose bags in Amsterdam, or is it just me? It, it really is just me? Wow, that's, that's a tough one to take. So I've learned these days to, to pack an extra set of clothes. And true to form, Friday night I arrived in, in uh, Sandefjord Airport in the south of Norway, and the moment the carousel came with the bags I had a little text message from KLM to tell me my bag was still in Amsterdam but praise the Lord I have a good wife who said make sure you take a spare set of underwear socks and t-shirt and a toothbrush and you'll smell nice at least for 24 hours but we always have to be prepared And I'm going to read from Joshua where the instruction came, and then I'm going to share with you some of the things that you're going to need in the next phase of the journey, the pilgrimage. Chapter 1 After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, who served Moses Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I'm giving you, the Israelites. I've given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness and Lebanon to the great Euphrates River, all the land of the Hittites and west of the Mediterranean Sea. And no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I'll be with you. Just as I was with Moses, I will not leave you or forsake you. But be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land I swore to their fathers to give them as an inheritance. Above all, be strong and very courageous to carefully observe the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to recite it day and night so you may carefully observe everything written in it for then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, go through the camp, tell the people, get provisions ready for yourselves, for within three days you'll be crossing the Jordan to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you to inherit. Chapter 3. Joshua started early the next morning and left Acacia Grove with all the Israelites. And they went as far as the Jordan and they stayed there before crossing and After three days, the officers went through the camp, commanded the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God carried by the priests, you must break camp and follow it. But keep a distance of about a thousand yards between yourselves and the Ark. Don't go near it, so you can see the way to go. For you haven't traveled this way before. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. Because the Lord will do wonders among you tomorrow. And he said to the priests, Take the Ark of the Covenant and go on ahead of the people. So they carried the Ark of the Covenant and they went ahead of them. And the Lord spoke to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel. So they will know that I will be with you just as I was with Moses. Command the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant... When you reach the edge of the waters, stand in the Jordan. And Joshua told the Israelites, come closer and listen to the words of the Lord your God. He said, you will know that the living God is among you. And that he will certainly dispossess before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Jebusites, the Parasites, all of them. When the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, of all the earth, goes ahead of you into Jordan, now choose twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one man for each tribe. And when the feet of the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, come to rest in the Jordan's waters, its waters will be cut off. The water flowing downstream will stand up in a mass. And when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carried the Ark of the Covenant ahead of the people. Now the Jordan overflows its banks throughout the harvest season. But as soon as the priests carrying the ark reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water at its edge, and the water flowing downstream stood still, rising up in a mass that extended as far as Adam, a city next to Zarathan. The water flowing downstream into the sea of the Dead Sea was completely cut off, and the people crossed opposite Jericho. And the priest carrying the ark of the Lord's covenant stood firmly on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan. While all Israel crossed and dry ground, until the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan, Hallelujah! What a story! But before any of that could happen, a tremendous miracle, God spoke to the people and said, "Every one of you is going to have to take with you all the supplies you're going to need. You're going to have make provisions ready for yourself." Everyone, there's a responsibility on the whole nation on the whole community upon the whole church if you like that every one of us each and every one of us where we're going in the next step make sure that we have all the provisions that we need now is the time the word of the Lord came to us this morning did you hear the word of the Lord the Lord is going to make us strong stronger did you hear that? Yes, the Lord makes the weak strong. But when the Lord makes you strong from being weak, he wants to keep you strong. Your Christian life is not one of strength and weakness, strength and weakness, strength and weakness. Yes, we are vessels of clay. But he takes us from glory to glory, from faith to faith. And he says, be strong in the power of the Lord. And he says, when you're strong, I'll increase your strength. That's what he's doing. I I want to share with you some things that the Lord laid on my heart for you. This is not exhaustive, but these are just some of the things of the supplies you will need, every one of you. Every one of us, I speak, as one of you. What you're going to need in the next phase. The next phase is not far off because it's already begun. You're in it now. The Lord is doing something. I'm tired of hearing prophetic words that say, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do that. And 30 years later, we're still waiting. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. I love it when Jesus says, a time is coming, and you know what? It's here now. We're in the here now. We've moved into the here now. Yes, there are new things coming, but we're already in in it now. See it. See it because what we're in is increasing the kingdom of God doesn't just last forever folks the kingdom of God increases forever it will always keep increasing that's an amazing thing okay let me take a sip of water here's the first thing that the Lord gave me for you that you're going to need the very simple things, okay? This is not rocket science. Everybody can do this. And here's the first one. We're all going to need a growing relationship with and a growing confidence in the Word of God. You think oh he's talking about the Bible again. No, I'm talking about the Word of God. Could you turn to two Timothy three, sixteen, please? 2 Timothy 3, 16. Just going to These are things that we're working out in our life as a community. These are just the things the Lord has said. These are the things you're going to need. Make sure you've got them. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 says, All Scripture is breathed out by God. It doesn't say all Scripture was breathed out by God. It says all scripture is breathed out by God. That doesn't mean there's more scripture to be written. There's no more word of God going to appear. And that's another thing as well. We don't need an extra Bible. This is the word of God. But the word of God is a living word. There was a time in history when God spoke it and it it was written down. But you know what? This is a living thing.
1: Hallelujah.
0: <laughs> it's living. Look at it. It's got a life of its own. Yeah, that's right. I have to wrap it up and bind it up and put it in my bag because it keeps moving. It's a living word. Yes, Do you realize that I have in my hands, I have in my hands right now the very words, the very words that the God of all the earth spoke to a man called Abraham? I've got the exact words he spoke. To a man four thousand years ago, I have got in my hands the true story of the greatest person the world has ever seen—Jesus yes. of Nazareth. Amen. I've got it. and every time it's, it's, it's speaking. It's speaking. Every time I come to it, do you know what? I meet the living God. I meet Him. It's a—it's a living. Word, he said. Do you understand every part of it? No. No, I don't. But I believe every part of it. Do you know? Every time I come to it, I find that God is speaking to me. And sometimes people say, to me, "I don't hear from God." Yes, you do. You're just not listening. Because every time, and the danger is when. Remember, well I used to go to Sunday school when I was a little boy and I, I learned the verses and there's times in my life when I've, I've tried to run, run away from God what a dumb thing to do and you know what a, ver- a verse was in my head and God spoke to me because there's no way you can go yes. do you know what I fine today I'm, I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older this book it's been part of my life for sixty years. Yeah, my parents taught it to me when I became a th- when I was thirteen. I met the author. I know the author, and people tell me today, well, you don't really need this anymore. You, you don't need this. Yeah, it's not that relevant today. And I think, hang on a second. Why, why, when I've proved it for 60 odd years, when I listen to some clever clogs telling me I don't need this anymore, that he's got something better for me, his latest book, <laughs> or a new idea, when I think, but I've lived. This word has kept me alive. This word has transformed my life. (laughs) Isn't it? I love it. I get through a lot of them because I tend to... But you know what? It's not just believing it. It's living by it. That's the challenge today if you're going to be marked out as a, as a radical Christian today, all you have to do is believe what this says and live by it. You think, well, that's very simple. It's very simple, folks, but you know what? I hear people say, well, we're not sure if we can trust this anymore. And I think, what if you don't have this well, I'm not sure about this bit anymore you know this, uh, this passage I, I'm not really sure well, let's take that one away then um, well, well we need to reinterpret that now because we know more I um, let's well, see that bit now. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's pre-resurrection teaching of Jesus. It was a bit legalistic, so you don't need that now. Huh? And, uh, well, that's just, that, that's just ludicrous. Some of you are getting offended by what I'm doing. May as well just throw it away. I'm glad you're offended. I just threw away the maps <laughs> <laughs> and the concordance because <laughs> I value it too much. Yeah, it's living. Oh, it's living. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not throwing 1 Corinthians 11. God
1: breathed.
0: Sorry about the mess. Here's the second thing. I've just got this this list of things, if that's okay. it's, It's all right. But I do feel the Holy Spirit wants to do something after this. Okay. Here's the second thing. How do I have a living relationship with the Word through the Holy Spirit? For me, I'm finding in my life Uh, Where we're going, I must have an increased fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to have total control. We we sometimes talk about the filling of the Holy Spirit, rightly so. I used to think that the, the Holy Spirit was some kind of liquid that filled me, and then because I lived, he emptied out of me. And I'd say... I need to get to the meeting to, to get filled up again. Have a drink. It's a good drink? Yeah, nice. Water. That's okay. And that I would have to be filled up again. And then I would, he would leak out of me or, and i get filled up again. And we'd say, Lord, uh, Holy Spirit, I want more of you and I want more of you. And I know what we mean by that. But you know what? You can't have more of him. When you were born again, When he came into you. When he filled you. All of him came in. Now that's not very spectacular I know. But if you get hold of that. that The spirit of God. Who created the universe.
1: The spirit
0: Spirit of God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Yes he's everywhere. But he's chosen to live. In this person. He's living in me. And He. When I say, Lord, I want, I want more of you, he says, can't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But being filled with the Holy Spirit means this. It's not how much I have of him. It's how much he has of me. Right. Yeah. To be filled with the Holy Spirit means to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and uh, would you turn to Luke chapter 5, please? Here's something that's impressing me very much at the moment. I know that you'll have to put a lot of flesh on these things. I'm just here to almost like give a manifesto of what the the Lord is doing. And I think you need to be very encouraged because God wouldn't waste time speaking these things if he didn't think you had ears to hear it and that he didn't have a purpose for you. Luke chapter 5 and verse 33, Jesus got into another of these conversations. The Pharisees and the teachers said to him, John's disciples fast often and they say prayers and those of the Pharisees do the same, but yours eat and drink. And Jesus said to them, you can't make the wedding guests fast while the groom is with them, can you? But the days will come when the groom will be taken away from them and they will fast in those days. And he told a parable. No one tears a patch from a new garment and puts it on an old one. Otherwise, not only will he tear the new, but the piece from the new garment won't match the old. Imagine, imagine this is an old shirt I'm wearing and I think, well, I, I, I need to patch it up. So I've got this lovely new white shirt. So let's take a piece of the white shirt and uh, let's stick it on the, let's stick it on there. The, it, it, it doesn't match. Unless you're a fashion designer. <laughs> it, it doesn't work, does it? It just... Do, <laughs> it's not that bad, Judith. It, it, it just doesn't look right. Yeah. She said, you don't do that. He said, times are changing. Things are moving on. And he said, people, they try to stick the new on the old. And he said, you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then he says this, and... Uh, verse 37, no one puts new wine in old wineskins. otherwise the new wine will burst the skins and it will spill notice that, that's important when he's talking about the Holy Spirit sometimes we cannot get on moving in the Holy Spirit because God is concerned that what he does in the Holy Spirit will get lost the wine will spill why? because the skin can't take it He says, Roger, there's things I want to do in your life, but I can't do it right now because if I do it, the Holy Spirit will spill out in that sense. You see, it's not just about me. He says, I've got something precious and important I want to do, but you've got to be ready for it. And that's why he says this. New wine has got to be put into fresh wineskins. Not new wineskins, they're different words. Do you realize the Holy Spirit right now has new wine for this community? Okay. New wine. Yes. Yes. But he's putting it into fresh skins. Yes. It's important that I am living fresh. Constantly, that the Holy Spirit, as he challenges me, he does things to me, he says, are you ready to keep yourself fresh? Yeah. Now the one thing he tackles then, and this is what, we tend to do he says this, First Tibetan no one after drinking old wine wants the new. Because he says the old is just fine. And in that he tackles a whole mentality about us as Christians, how far I am ready to go. It's in the natural. You have a you have a good glass at Mr. Eagle's house of a good, nice grand reservoir. That's a few years old, and you think, oh, man, that's good. And he says, yeah, it's 2003, or well, 1998, or whatever. And you say, that's good. And he says, I've just got this one, it's called Beaujolais Nouveau. It's, uh, it comes, uh, it, was, it was put in this bottle in November. That's what Beaujolais Nouveau does for all you wine buffs. It's been in the bottle about a month, and you can, you can see it kind of, it's in there going, you dare it, you dare drink me. <laughs> Have Gaviscon ready. <laughs> <laughs> and you kind of go... <laughs> and when you drink it, you think, it's n- man, this is new stuff. It's fermenting, it's new, it's energetic. And you know, four o'clock tomorrow morning. Oh, I wish I had an Alka-Seltzer. Because you think, I, the old is just fine for me. But Jesus says... What I'm doing in you, you can't just say, the old is fine. It's good enough. My experience of the Holy Spirit, whatever it is, that's as much as I want to go. I'm comfortable now. The last thing you want to be right now is comfortable, not on edge but not comfortable. Why? Because Gert says, get your supplies ready. Why? Because we're going somewhere we've never been before. I'm going to get my feet wet in the river. Lord, get someone else. And he says, no, it's time. How fresh am I now? I'm not talking about you. How fresh am I now? What room am I making? For the new things the Holy Spirit wants to take me into. Why? Because that's how he makes the strong stronger. If you want to be stronger, you need the power, the dunamis, the ability of the Holy Spirit moving in and through your life. Now you just know in that, that's going to shake you out of the comfort zone. For some of us, it will even mean we sit in a different seat on a Sunday morning. That's a big deal for some people. I didn't realize how big a deal that was. You know, I've done it at home sometimes. I said, would you all go and sit in a different seat? Tom and Liz are here. They're wonderful. Yeah, they'll they'll go as far as they can. They'd leave the building if they could. (laughs) Other people say, you want me to move my seat? Okay, I'm going to be really radical. And they're here and then they they say, I'll just move half my bottom. (laughs) one cheek hanging over the edge that's real risky living (laughs) folks if we are really going to move on and make a difference the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit and I know at the end when we ask the Holy Spirit to do something here he's going to do something here but it will demand the physical moving of your body this morning do you okay so far? Here's the third thing. I was so blessed this morning to hear you sing to Jesus Christ. Yeah. You sang, several of the songs you sang were songs of adoration yeah. and dedication to Jesus Christ. Yeah. One of the big things I believe that uh, you're going to hold on, need to hold on to and move on with is a complete conviction of the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. What a strange thing to have to say to Christians. But it's true. If we turn to 1 Corinthians 15, please. I hear Christians today say this Jesus is one way to God. Yeah, he's a way to God, but there's other ways to God. We shouldn't be judgmental. We we shouldn't be absolute. We shouldn't be totally and politically correct. We should we should be tolerant, and we should acknowledge the fact that there's many ways to God. And for us, Jesus is that way. These are Christians, or uh, well, I'm not sure really if. Jesus is is God, the Father is God, and Jesus is, Jesus is, he just kind of helps me understand God. This is what Paul said to the Corinthians, verse 3, I passed on to you as most important, as most important. This is not spectacular stuff this morning. Frank. I'm just say I'm laying out the th- challenges and the things you're going to have to stand for as you cross and move on. But that's okay, you're not on your own. <laughs> but if this, is where you, this, if this is what you really want, yep. this is what it's going to mean. Yes. He said, I passed on to you as most important what I received, that Christ died for our sins. That meant you were a sinner. You were a sinner. You just didn't need someone to love you. You were a sinner in the hands of an angry God who hated sin. Not you, he loves you, but he hated sin. So much so he sent his son. He died for the sin of the world. Do you know the world is in big trouble? Because it's gripped by sin. But there's a savior. He was buried. He was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Jesus Christ is alive today. Not in some mythical or mystical sense. He is physically alive today and he ascended into heaven and he's ruling and he's reigning the whole universe as king of kings and lord of lords. And one day he will return for his bride and he will return as the judge of all the earth. And all those who have confessed him as Lord will go to be with him in an eternal heaven, and all those who have rejected him as saviour and lord will go to an eternal hell. You mustn't mention hell, but it's there, he died to save you from it.
1: Yes.
0: You say, Well, that offends so many people. That is the truth of the gospel. Yes. If you say, Roger, I don't believe with, agree with you, your problem's not with me. Your problem is with the word of God and God. Because that's what He's He's the Saviour. Jesus Christ is God. Yes, yes, yes. You say, what on earth is in that? Because there are people today who are frightened to say in this world that Jesus Christ is God and Lord of all. Yes. You see? But that will upset people. It has to. Doesn't mean that we, we're not full of hatred, of racial hatred, of religious hatred. That's ridiculous. The idea that to, to declare... An absolute truth means that you're anti-Islamic uh, or anti-Jewish and that you hate them. God loves people. Yes. Yes. That's right. I have Jewish and Muslim friends. God loves them. Yes. They, are, they are saying, Jesus is not God. They say, he's a prophet. No, he is God. Yes. So don't be, oh, that's just you. I'm afraid, do you know something? That's why you confess Jesus Christ is Lord of all. You believe that? You do. It's time to be courageous. Doesn't mean that we are hateful of hatred, that you never preach the gospel out of hatred, or threaten violence, or act violently. You don't burn Korans. You don't burn down synagogues. You don't physically attack anybody. You don't use rude words of a person. You don't need to do that. You declare the truth of Jesus Christ. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. We were talking last night with some wonderful people over dinner here. In Philippians 1, Paul said this. You know, he said, for me, practicalizing it now, bring it down. He said, for me to live is Christ. Do you know what it means practically for me, for Jesus to be my God and my Lord? It means he doesn't come to help me live my life. He's not coming and said, How can I help you? Call on me when you need me. Do you know when the Holy Spirit came into my life? He didn't come to help me live my life. He loves me, but if I can say with great respect, He has no interest in my life. Why? Because I died. I was crucified with Christ. I no longer live. The Holy Spirit has come to live the life of Christ in me. And Christ says, I am your life. I haven't come to share your life. I am your life. The way you raise your children, who you marry, all your values, it's all me. So you go into the office, Christ walks in the office. You go to the petrol station or Sainsbury's or Aldi. Maybe. Maybe oh you Ooh. anybody shop in Aldi there's more than you see? it's okay you're in good your company be secure and why not you walk into Aldi you see all the good deals when you walk in Christ walks in wherever you go whatever you do Christ, Christ. it's Christ it's not as if Christ is walking the earth he is walking the earth He's, you're not him But you're just like him. You are as he is in this world. This is the practical thing. Do you realize that's what, as David read that scripture, that's what's happening in this world. The sons of God are coming to fullness. Sons of God are coming to fullness. You know when someone says, you remind me of someone. Well, and you think, who is it? You're thinking, George Clooney? (laughs) 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 And he said, you know, I've met people and they said, do you know something? Friends of mine, they said, when I met that person, that's exactly what I imagined Jesus to be like. Yeah. Do you know what it also means, by the way? When you speak, when someone says, what should I do? Because you know his word, because you filled with his spirit. Yeah. When you speak, you say, this is what you must do. Yeah. And they say, well, I'm just waiting for God to tell me that. And you say, he just did. <laughs> he just did can I say this if you understand who your elders really are what they represent if you ask your elders would you go to God for me would you get a word from God for me about my life what I should be doing and they say they've they're been praying and fasting while you were watching um, whatever you were watching England play rugby remember where I am now yes and you go and say, well, well, and they say, you need to do that. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, I'll, I'll just wait for the Lord to tell me.
1: <laughs>
0: he just did. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Fear of God needs to come on the yes. house. Right. We're not here to just make suggestions. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, just a couple more. Again, this is not rocket science. It's very simple things. But they're things that as, I guess, as <clears throat> days and the weeks and the months pan out, you're going to find. These are the things you will be in personally. Yes. These are the things you'll be challenging corporately. People will say, you don't believe that, do you, in that right. You, you don't believe that, do you? I say, yes, we do. Why don't you believe it? Yes, right. yes of course we do. Because you know, when we put the word of God to the test, it works. Yes. Yeah. We see people who are prospering. We see people who are healed. Yes. We see people who are miracles. Yes. We see marriages that stay together. Yes. Yes. Right. This is one that um, I say, you're going to need a knowledge of the true God. He what? Of course I know God. Many people today are trying to reinvent him. To make him more palatable to the 21st century. Sometimes people say to me, um, I couldn't believe in a God who sends people to hell. It's it's unpalatable to my, my modern sensitivity. And I understand that. Hell is a terrible, terrible thing. That's why the gospel is there, to save man from it. But I thought that... But could I believe in a God who drowned the whole world in the days of Noah? Could I believe in a God who destroyed the firstborn of Egypt? Could I believe in a God who took the life of two liars in a New Testament church? He's uncomfortable sometimes, isn't he? God is not a humanitarian. He's God. And I'm realizing more and more as I read the scriptures, I have to understand the ways of God. He's a good God. Everything he does is good. But not everything he does is comfortable. And here's one aspect of God I I believe I want to leave with you. If you turn to Genesis 22, please. trust this is just... uh, Helping you? The great thing I know is that your leaders believe all these things. And I know many of you already, over many, many years, and you say, yep, 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 yep. You know the story of Abraham and Isaac. I won't go into it all. Chapter 22. After these things... God proved Abraham and said to him, Abraham, take your only son and sacrifice him as a burnt offering to me. On the mountain I will show you. It says there that God proves us. Some of your tests, you might have tests. God tests us. You think, oh, God tests us? God proves us? Yes, He does. Yes, He does. Sometimes in your life, you read the lives of the saints and the believers and the scriptures, you find God moves on in the life. He says, I'm going to, I want to prove something. I'm going to prove you. It's not, a, it's not an exam in which you pass or fail. Praise God, it's not pass or fail. It's not a GCSE or an A-level or one of those things. I, I, I still get palpitations when I see people coming and sitting in the exam rooms. I'm thinking, Lord, I thank you that will never happen to me again. Please. It's not pass or fail. You pass the test you're in but lord proves you this in this he wanted to prove abraham to see if abraham really did worship him because he'd longed for this son for 25 years and god says now i want him back and he proved abraham and at the end of the story god says now i know now i know that you have not withheld anything from me you've healed nothing from me. Yeah. You proved yourself. It's, something was also proved to Abraham that day. Mm-hmm. You read in the New Testament, you read scriptures where God says, I'm proving you. I want to see if your faith is genuine. Yeah. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean God brings disaster. He's not a God who, who inflicts sicknesses on you. He's not. That's, a, he's, that's not him. But even in a time like that, God will say, I will work everything for your good. But there are times in your life when God will bring things and you'll say, I want to prove something. I want to to see how genuine you are. And it's not just difficult times. If you turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8, please. Now I want to say this to you because you're a people blessed of God. How many of you are financially better off than you were five years ago? How many of you are financially the same as you were five years ago? I won't ask how many are worse off, but you might be. But you know something? God proves you not only through difficult times; He will prove you in the good times. Deuteronomy chapter eight. I'm going to get there. It was there this morning when I opened the Bible. Here it is. Um, verse eleven. Be careful that you don't forget the Lord your God. Verse twelve. When you eat and are full, and build your beautiful houses to live in, and your herds and flocks grow, and your silver and gold multiply, and everything else you increases. Be careful that your heart doesn't become proud and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. He led you through the great and terrible wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions of thirsty land. He brought you water out of the flint rock. He fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers hadn't known. In order to humble and test you, he tested you, he proved you. So in the end he might cause you to prosper. Because you might say to yourself, my power and my own ability have gained this wealth for me. But remember that the Lord your God gives you the power to gain wealth. You know, here's a people, God approved them in the desert. And now he said, now you're going into the best time of your life. You're going into financial blessing and prosperity like you've never known. You're going to have the success in your job and your career that you've never known before. Your, your bonds are all overflow. There's going to be health in your house. You're going to get surprise promotions. You're going to get bonuses way beyond your dreams. Your boss is going to come to you and says, just because you're doing great, here's a company car. Okay? Whatever. Some of you have had blessings and bonuses and things that you think, why on earth has that happened? Do you know what? The Lord is testing you to say, do you still need me? Do you still need me? You say, well, not as much, thank you there was a time when I was a poor student and I didn't know where the next tin of beans was coming when I used to pray and the Lord would provide for me but now I'm okay I don't need the Lord so much anymore why? because I got a good job the Lord says I'm proving you I'm proving you don't forget me why? because I was the one who not only gave you the job I was the one who skilled you that you could get the job That's the testing. Do you know why? Because in our society, people don't need God. And they're going to get short caught short again. It's coming again. And the house of God, where people are prospering, they say, how come when I lost my job, you got a promotion? And you are not have to say, well, I got lucky and worked hard. Do you know why? Because God is my source God is my source and here's another thing if your wealth is increased has the tithe increased? has the offering increased? well you know I'm earning five grand or more this year are you still giving what you gave last year? it's the test The Lord is proving us. God is wanting a people who not only know his word, but who know his ways. How God behaves. And there's many things in that we can talk about. Okay? Just two more. In all the change that's taken place, don't abandon... What the Bible calls the faith once delivered. Turn to Jude chapter one. This is this is a community of God to watch. As I waited on the Lord and He gave me these things for you, I thought, "Wow, Lord, these are real hallmarks of uh, of your people in the in this time." And you have to be able you have to be ready for prominence. You have to be ready because the, the religious world and the world around you is watching and will take notice of you much, much more. Because in, things are not getting better in the world. But you are the beacon. You're the light of the world. So as I look at these things, I think, wow, Lord, what are you doing with these people? They're incredible. It's great. Jude 1 says this. Dear friends, verse 3, I was eager to write to you about our common salvation, When David says, would you come? There's many things. Oh, yeah, I'd like to share on this and this and this and this and this. There's many things you think, oh, yes. But he says, I found it necessary to write and exhort you to contend for the faith that was delivered to the saints once for all. For certain men who were designated for this judgment long ago have come in by stealth. They are ungodly, turning the grace of our God into promiscuity and denying our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Proverbs 22, another verse in Proverbs 22, uh, to Diane shared this earlier on. There's another verse in Proverbs 22, verse 28, says, Don't move the ancient boundary stones that your fathers set. He's saying, There are certain things that God has set in place. Don't mess with them. Don't mess with them. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't mess with it. It's simple enough. (laughs) Preach the gospel. Including heaven and hell. Ancient boundary stones that belong to this community are the restoration of all things spoken by the prophets. That the church is not to be some beat up old thing that the Lord is just going to abandon. He's coming back for a beautiful bride yes. Zion is a city set on a hill yes. Amen. Amen Don't abandon it An ancient boundary stone set in this community from the beginning is the kingdom of God yes. Amen. the rule and the reign and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ right. It's a spiritual kingdom yes, Don't abandon it yeah. It's an ancient boundary stone. It's a value. Another ancient boundary stone is that we serve a God of covenant. Covenant is not a legalistic term. Covenant is the way God breathes and lives. He's a God of covenant. He's a God who makes covenant because He is a covenant. And if you say, I don't understand covenant. Ask. The pe- ask. Learn. So what is it that makes these people? There are people of covenant. There are people of the kingdom. There are people of restoration. Those are ancient boundary stones. Don't say, "Well, we we don't emphasize that so much now because that's a little bit radical." No, 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 no. These are things that we say. We don't just repeat, repeat. We say, "We thought we understood the restoration of all things when we started out, but as the Holy Spirit gives us more and more and more and more revelation and burning and burning, wow, it's everything." When you see the uh, the kingdom of God, a man is born again into the kingdom of God, and you think, wow, that's it. And all of a sudden you think, the kingdom of God lasts forever, and it increases and and increases and increases, and it never will stop increasing. It goes on. When will it ever end? God says, never. (laughs) (laughs) When will it stop increasing? Never. (laughs) What does that mean? A people of covenant, we never quit.
1: That's right. right.
0: right. We never quit. We might move geographically, but we're a covenant people. Amen, That's yes right. we are. That's right. not we? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah, we are. We are? Yes, we yeah. are. Yeah. A boundary stone is set. Yes. Yeah. Don't move it. Yeah. 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 The last one is this. Praise God. Run or walk with people who are fresh in the Holy Spirit keep good company the wonderful thing is God says for all of you this is where we're going run with fresh faithful people do not isolate yourself be part of a community that's what I'm saying I am a living stone here some of you might say I need to get more involved with friends here There are people who are good for me. Run with people who are good for you. Don't sit in cynical Starbucks corner. Nothing against Starbucks. Don't be in the company of scoffers or cynics. Be in the company of men and women of faith. Would you stand, please? That's the end of the manifesto. I trust that has uh, been an encouragement to you. It's an encouragement to me that the Lord would speak such a word to such a people. You are wonderful people. When they stood at the edge of the Jordan, Joshua just said this to the people, Consecrate yourself. Consecrate yourself. Set yourself apart now for what lies next. This is how you can do that. Would you just lift your hands Lord, if you say, Yes, Lord, I'm I'm consecrating myself. I'm setting myself, positioning myself for this. You have you have me. It's very simple, you just present yourself to the Lord and say yes. Yes, Lord? Very simple. The Lord's never reluctant when people that present themselves again it causes him such pleasure and delight just ask if David and Richard would join me here please The Lord always leads his people through his leaders. But I said earlier on that there would be a movement, a physical movement. I know there are other leaders in this community. If you're a leader in this community, and you say, yes, Lord, yes, you have me, would you just come and stand in front and face Richard and David? If there are people that you need to call that don't come, you know your leaders. Just come if you're if you're in leadership here. Just stand right up. Stand right up. Stand right up. You're saying yes. Thanks for listening today. For more information about Living Rock Church and for more great teaching, visit www.livingrockchurch.org.uk